This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, the minute I turn my microphone on, my dog starts eating all of her food. And, you know, good for her. Like, fill up your belly, girl. But you haven't eaten all day long. And the minute I press record, you're ready to go to town. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Well, holy guacamole with some delicious lime on top. It is so lovely to be talking with you all today. I don't know how I am even doing this. First and foremost, what do I know about podcasting? But also, how the heck am I already doing my first episode? Like, this is something that I've been dreaming about for so many years. And it's the good old classic tale of telling yourself you're not good enough or you're not creative enough or you'll do it when that happens or you'll do it when you finally achieve X, Y, and Z. But you know what I've learned? Sometimes you just have to hit record. You just have to press play or you're absolutely never going to do that. I think I think I might get that tattooed. Um, I'm not actually going to get that tattooed. Mom and dad don't believe me. But that could be a really good tattoo. Like just press play or maybe just hit record. It doesn't sound that good, but maybe somebody else will like that idea. So you're probably wondering who in the heck I am. Also, I, I don't want to say heck this whole podcast. Am I allowed to say expletives? I don't know. Maybe? Let's just test the waters. What the hell is up? You probably have no idea who the hell I am. I wish I had a good answer for you because who the heck am I? Well, that's one secret I'll never tell. And yes, I did just start watching Gossip Girl maybe 10 years late. And no, I'm not absolutely in love with it, but it's kind of mindless TV at this point. Oh my gosh, Reese is running in circles. Reese! <laughs> Oh my gosh. As I was saying, I am, as some might say, a YouTuber. And I'm not sure what that instantly made you think of me in your mind. I'm not sure what it makes me think of myself. But, you know, I really like being a YouTuber. And you know what? Whether or not that has a weird stigma in your mind or not, I am here to break down that fourth wall. That darn fourth wall that has been built up online on social media, and it's ruining my life. But let me explain. Let me just paint you a picture here. You woke up this morning and you were in such a good mood. You got out of bed. Maybe you opened up the blinds. You changed your clothes from one pair of sweats to the next. Maybe it's your new tie-dye sweats. Maybe it's your new matching uh, fuchsia sweats. I don't know. Do you Do you hear that? I, I cannot with this dog today. I I literally can't. Reese has literally not eaten all day long. And now she chooses to go to Chomp Town. Granted, I also was the one who chose to set up my microphone right next to her dog bowl. So that's absolutely my fault. I digress. I feel like you don't have to digress in a podcast though. Isn't that kind of the point? Whatever. As I was saying, you go to the bathroom, you do your full skincare routine, you turn on some music, maybe you're even jamming out to a podcast. 
this podcast perhaps. Yes, I think so. Then you head to the kitchen. You whip yourself up a beautiful cup of coffee. Maybe it's tea. Maybe it's neither. Maybe it's a water. We all love water. (laughs) You grab yourself some oatmeal, some yogurt. You're having the best morning ever. You sit down at the kitchen table. You pull out your phone because what else would you do while you're eating other than scroll through Instagram? And the first thing that pops up on your feed is a beautiful picture of Kylie Jenner. Now, you know, we probably have our own thoughts about Kylie Jenner. Maybe you love her. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't like her at all. Let's just say that you're a huge fan and you look at this picture and you're in such awe. You're like, how in the heck does somebody look that perfect? How in the world did God develop a creature that looked like Kylie Jenner? How did he do this? Or maybe you're not a Kylie Jenner fan. Let's even say Madison Beer, okay? You can't even argue with that woman. She's just darn right beautiful. And you were having the most wonderful morning. You were in such good spirits. But then you see this picture of Kylie Jenner and all of a sudden... You're like mad for no reason, like almost no reason. You're just irritated because you start comparing yourself. And when I say you, I'm really giving a story about myself. This is an autobiography, an audiobook, if you will. I pull open these pictures and I instantly look at these women that are so curated. Everything about this picture is perfectly designed. And I mean, we don't know from an audience's perspective how much of what we're looking at is real or not. Because now all of these platforms have turned into people showing you the best sides of themselves. And that's not to exploit Kylie Jenner in any way. I'm just using her name as an example. We love you, Kylie. But I guess it's just kind of disheartening as a young woman still growing up and idolizing these people and not knowing the difference between you know, what they're telling me is real and what isn't. And then as a result, I'm sitting here picking myself apart, pulling out all of my insecurities when beforehand I was having the absolute best day before I was basically taught to feel bad about myself. There is a problem with inauthenticity online. And as somebody who has their own YouTube channel, has younger followers on Instagram or Twitter or what have you, it's so important for me to always be true to myself, always be genuine, and constantly be breaking down the fourth wall of social media. I never want you to feel like I am any different than you. I'm not. I'm just somebody who decided to put some of my life online. That doesn't make me any better than you, doesn't make me any cooler than you. I can absolutely verify that I'm not cooler than you. I just want to be honest. I want to be real. I want to be friends with you. I want to be so authentic that you know me to my core. Like that is my ultimate goal. So I'm going to be using this podcast to open up about my life, to bring in people who inspire me to be a better me, or maybe they've helped themselves be more authentic and more genuine in their lives and how they've done that to inspire others. I mean, that's what this podcast is going to be. Real people talking about real things, real problems, and you're right there alongside me. So Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to have you all just as involved with this podcast as myself. So every single week, I'll be taking questions from you all that you want answered on any topic that I am talking about. Before I recorded this episode, I asked you all the question about inauthenticity. Why is it important to be authentic online or at all? So I'm really excited to dive into those questions at the end of this podcast. But let me just share something with you really quick. I 
just started my YouTube channel in October of 2019. So I'm kind of a newbie, you know, I'm still getting my toes in the water. And I really think I am so new and it took me so long to actually make a channel because I grew up with YouTube. It was my preferred platform when I was a little kid. I thought it was so much fun. I would always watch these people whom I idolized like crazy. I would watch iJustine all the time. I remember my best friend got me a fangirl shirt from Tyler Oakley and he was one of my favorite YouTubers and I think that was the first piece of merch that I ever got or I ever owned and I loved it. I absolutely loved it because I admired these YouTubers like crazy. I looked up to them. I admired everything that they did. They were truly my idols and as I grew a little bit older I kind of moved over to Instagram because you know Instagram was launched and it was kind of cool and I wanted to be cool but you know you go through Instagram and you're seeing all these curated photos like I was saying before and I started seeing all of these professional bloggers and that was the new cool thing and then they became my idols and they had all these professional photos and meanwhile I was sitting in the corner like me trying to arrange a picture of my five like Arizona and Peace Tees like in a cool formation like road trip just about to go on the road with my Nashville filter or like my Lord Kelvin filter I was all about those weird filters I mean um shameless plug I now have my own presets but you know we don't need to get into that right now that is not the point but the point is that I developed such bad online social anxiety for months and honestly years because of this weird idea in my head that I was not as good as these other people because there had been this fourth wall that was built up between me and these professional creators and I felt like I was never good enough. I was always comparing myself to them and I was never going to be like them because they were on a pedestal and I was the peasant looking up at them and I could never be like that. It just was never going to happen for me. And truly for so, so long... I refused to post on Instagram. I refused to add things to my Instagram story because I was so anxious about what people would think about my post or it wasn't good enough or it wasn't perfectly edited enough. I couldn't do it. I had such bad online social anxiety. I don't even know if that's a term, but I'm going to coin it. OSA. It was It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And to think back on that and how critical I was of myself and how I kept thinking about what other people would think of what I was posting, it's so sad. It really is. And I want to be able to be a voice for people who maybe feel like I felt. And to end that absolutely immediately, retroactively even, I do think more recently people have slowly started to be more of themselves online. And a lot of that I could even accredit to somebody like Emma Chamberlain. I think that she came out of California, let's just say. (laughs) She basically came out of nowhere, was unapologetically herself, no makeup, totally just doing her own thing, and didn't have to form into this bubble of other YouTubers who had this perfectly curated lifestyle. I think I've said curated like 88 times. If anybody wants to re-listen to this podcast, count how many times I say curate, um, you might win a prize. Don't know the prize yet. (laughs) But she really was a good trailblazer for being more authentic online. And even with Instagram, I think when they added in the carousel feature where you can put multiple pictures in one post, I think people were like, all right, with my first picture, I'm going to use what's going to go best with my feed. If, you know, people care about what their feed looks like. I clearly don't. If you haven't seen my Instagram, it's not the best. (laughs) 
But then by picture three, it's going to go maybe something a little funkier. But I don't know. I think slowly over the years, I think it's gotten a little bit better. But to me, it's just still not enough. There's still this fourth wall on social media. And maybe I see it a lot more because I'm coming from a creator's perspective and I see things, I think, in a different lens, especially now with having a YouTube channel. But I knew from the very beginning of posting my first video that I never wanted to be anything more than myself. And let's just be honest, it is so obvious when people are trying so hard to be something that they're not. And it's really sad. And I don't mean that with any ill intent whatsoever. I think it's truly sad because people are trying to fit a box that they think that other people will accept more than themselves. And for that, my heart goes out to you because that is something I never want anybody to experience because I know I've been there and it fucking sucks. It really sucks. There's so much I want to talk about, but I think I can answer a lot more about why I think it's so important to be authentic online with your questions. So I think it's time for our twisty cues. That is what I'm coining your questions. Is it cute? Maybe. Is it a little weird? Absolutely. If you do have future questions for me, if you're ever interested in asking me something about the podcast, about anything about authenticity in general, you're so welcome to DM me on Instagram at Taylor Woods with two L's. You can also email me if you feel more comfortable being more anonymous at hello at twistypod.com. That is hello at T-W-I-S-T-Y pod, P-O-D dot com, baby. And let's get the heck into it. Is it hard to show yourself and not just your best version? That's a really good question because if you think about the nature of YouTube, let's just consider it in that context for a second. Your best version of yourself is probably the time that you're going to be flipping open your camera and talking to your audience. You don't typically press record when you've just woken up that morning. I mean, think about how many times you've seen a morning routine and people are quote unquote just waking up. How many times do you think that they've just turned on the camera that second? Unfortunately, I know that I have, but I'm a disgusting human being. But how many people probably got a little bit ready, kind of, you know, brushed their hair, but tousled it a little bit, made it look a little bit more perfect, imperfectly perfect, you know? You don't just see somebody wake up on camera. They didn't go to sleep filming themselves all night. They obviously had to wake up and press record. So I think the very nature of filming YouTube is already going to be the best version of yourself. I think how you choose to edit it, I think what you choose to include in the actual video is extremely important in laying out how real you were in talking to the camera. But even the very idea of talking to a camera is unnatural. So the minute that you hit record, you kind of know that you're going to be quote unquote on. I think something that's always helped me is thinking about it on a one-on-one basis. Whenever I press record and I'm about to film a video, I remember that I'm talking to my fans, my my friends as I call them because no, I'm, nobody's a fan of me. Who am I kidding? But it is me talking to you one-on-one. We're just having a conversation. We're just keeping it real. It's you talking to your girlfriend, talking to your guy friend, whomever on a one-on-one conversation. And that's just me keeping it real, trying to be as Taylor as possible. I think, yes, definitely sometimes it is hard because of course you want to be positive and you want to, you know, be uplifting on the internet. Nobody ever wants to follow somebody who's constantly negative, but I really do think it is important to just be you. And let me tell you, my YouTube channel did not do well whatsoever until I started being me. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think it's authentic to try too hard to get your platform seen to spread your positive message? That's a good question. Let me reread that. Do you think it's authentic to try hard to get your platform seen to spread your positive message? Absolutely. I don't think there's anything inauthentic about trying to get your platform seen. I don't think many people set out to have their platform not seen, but I think it is important the ways that you go about it. I mean, I think you probably have your own set of morals and you know what is right or what is wrong in your gut. And if you have to question something and you have to wonder if this is an authentic way of going about spreading your positive message, it probably isn't authentic. But if you truly have a good heart and you know exactly what you want to do, you know your intentions, I think it's absolutely authentic. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to get your platform seen. No. Do you feel pressure to be quote unquote perfect on your channel because you have a following? First and foremost, Taylor is absolutely not perfect. That is the highlight of this podcast. If you don't take anything else from this episode, please remember that Taylor is not perfect. And also, I don't really have a following, but I do appreciate this question and I understand where she's coming from. I think something that has helped me is almost to not pay attention to numbers whatsoever. I think in the very beginning, I was so caught up with having a certain number of subscribers and I was so embarrassed by how little people were subscribed to me. I hid the number of subscribers on my channel because you can do that. You can just have it say your name instead of saying, you know, 10 subscribers. It would just say Taylor Woods because I was literally so embarrassed. And ironically enough, my boyfriend used to have a YouTube channel way back when. I don't think he actually had a full channel, but he was a little boy gamer, you know, little boy. And he decided to post a video of him playing... I don't know, Modern Warfare or something like that. It probably wasn't that game. I'm going to get roasted later, but it was a video game and he posted a video of himself playing it. And I guess it got, you know, a whole bunch of views or whatever. So of course people subscribed to him. And for the longest time, his dead account had more subscribers than me who was actively trying to grow a following. And that crushed me. It absolutely made me feel like a complete failure. Of course, numbers are absolutely not important, but for me, I was so fixated on a certain number in my head, like I want to reach 100 subscribers. That was my ultimate goal, and I was embarrassed that I didn't have that, so I didn't want to talk about it, and once I realized that numbers are not important, I feel like I started to become myself more. I actually started to see more of a following because I was less focused on checking my analytics every 45 seconds and more focused on creating good content. But I've tried to honestly look the other way as much as possible because I don't want that to get to my head in any way, shape, or form. And if people want to follow me, they'll follow me. And if they follow me, they're following Taylor. As real as she is, the same person who had 10 subscribers when she has 10,000. I never want to let that number come in between me being authentic and me trying to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect, so why pretend? All right, guys, this question is actually extremely important and I think really vital to any of you that this might relate to. The question is, 
I'm really hardcore in my opinions. So would I have to lie to not offend people online? And I actually think that's extremely important as we're talking about authenticity, because here I am preaching for you to be yourself, to not let anybody get in the way of you not being you and to break down that fourth wall of social media. But I do think that does still extend to your opinions. If you have your hardcore opinions, there's going to be people who probably have just as hardcore opinions, possibly in the exact opposite direction as you. But one thing that you have to understand if you are seeking a platform, if you do want to have a presence online, is that you are, and I don't necessarily believe this, but I'm going to say it anyway, you're letting yourself open to criticism. Now, people will tell you that till the end of time. It's not my favorite phrase and it's not something that I wholeheartedly believe in, but people will comment on what you're doing because you're sharing your life online. And they think that because you're sharing yourself, you are now open to criticism, you're open to feedback, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people are. And that doesn't mean that you need to change yourself whatsoever. That doesn't mean you need to change your opinion. But if you do share your opinions or you're even sharing yourself in any way, people will also do the same. Just be prepared for that. I don't think it should stop you from following your dreams, following what you want to do whatsoever. But I do think you need to have a bit of tough skin developed to be able to take on sometimes harsh criticism. That can be a whole different episode talking about negativity online. Let me tell you, we can get real deep on that. But I don't think you should ever change your opinions just because you want to have a better presence online, a better quote unquote image. Okay. Where is the balance between protecting your privacy and being authentic, especially with having a channel about yourself? We're only human after all. Hmm. You know, I would argue that those two things are actually not as in line as you might think. I think you are 400% entitled to whatever limits of privacy you want to set for yourself if you're choosing to share your life online or even anything. Even if you're just posting on Instagram for your friends, you're still entitled to have a level of privacy. I think that's extremely important. But I don't think you are inauthentic for having privacy. Let's say, for example, I wanted to tell you all that I lived in San Diego, California. That was just where I live. That's what I do. You see me posting things around town. You're like, yep, that's San Diego, California. But in actuality, I live in a suburb of San Diego. Maybe it's not called San Diego, but it is so darn close that it's technically San Diego. It's easier for people from all countries to identify with a bigger city. So you just say San Diego because it's a little bit easier than going into the nitty gritty of your darn little suburb. I don't think there's anything inauthentic about that whatsoever. To me, that is you protecting your privacy. That is protecting your family. That's you trying to be safe. That's you trying to take the proper precautions to make sure that you have online safety. I think online safety is totally different than being inauthentic. I mean, you could even think about somebody like the YouTuber Blair Walnuts, for example. Hate to break it to you, but... Blair Walnuts is actually not her real name. Now, does that make her inauthentic? No. What about PewDiePie? Does that make him inauthentic because his name's not really PewDiePie? No. I think when I'm talking about authenticity, I'm really just referring to how you carry yourself online. What are your morals? What are your values? What are things that you carry with you from episode to episode or YouTube video to YouTube video? Things that people will always know you for because you're being authentic. I think that's completely separate from online safety, privacy. I mean, that to me just sounds like it's a different chapter of a different book. 
Okay, does having a job on social media bring more stress than a nine to five job? I like this question because it's not directly about authenticity, because I'm not going to yap your ear off about the fucking word authenticity for the entire duration of this episode or even this whole podcast, but this is just about me giving my authentic answer. So here we go. My answer to this question is also so in-depth, I don't even know how to summarize this in a concise manner that actually makes sense, but let me just give it a go. First and foremost, I think I'm going to say with any job, you're going to get different levels of stress. I would be very, very surprised to find any job in any part of the world that doesn't cause you just a teeny bit of stress, even if it's your absolute favorite thing in the world, even if it is your passion, something that you absolutely love. I'm sure there are moments when you feel just stressed. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Maybe there's a lot of work to get done. Maybe you have strict deadlines. Maybe you have a crazy boss. Whatever it is, I bet that there is some sort of stress in any job that you're in. The one thing about being on social media and having this as your job is that it never really stops. And I think that's something that's been really hard for me to deal with. Also, before I jump into this, for those of you that are listening that don't know, YouTube is not my full-time job. Doing social media is not my full-time job. I am an employee that has been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19. So that is my primary job working as an employee of a company. But I do do this as kind of a side hustle, if you want to call it. But because of quarantine and everything that's happened since then, this has become my primary job. So I do think something that has been hard for me in that transition from having the nine to five, doing YouTube as a side hustle to now mainly just doing YouTube is that I sort of knew having a job on social media meant that you're kind of always on, but I didn't really realize how much of the time I would be really on. Because if you think about it, let's say I want to be able to use my Instagram as a part of my job. Anytime I open my phone and I'm scrolling through Instagram, I could technically be considering that work, which sounds really weird. And it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but essentially social media is your job. So if you're out there and you're engaging on social media, even if you're just posting a story of your day, that's you working. That's you doing your job because you're interacting with your audience or maybe you're just posting something that's sharing a part of your life because that's sort of what you do on social media. I guess that's considered work. So it's been sort of hard for me to find a balance between when I'm actually working and when is my weekend? When is my time off? When can I just hang out with my boyfriend and my dog? And when can I just kind of relax? I've had to make a pretty, not strict schedule with myself, but I have had to set some guidelines for myself so I actually can stay sane (laughs) because I think that I do get a little bit stressed when I'm constantly working. But here's the thing. I love every second of it. Like there's not many times where I'm absolutely hating what I'm doing. I think sometimes when I give myself self-imposed deadlines, I get stressed about it because I, of course, want to make good quality content for you. I want it up at the time that I promised to upload it. Even in the last few months, for example, I recently decided that I would be uploading YouTube videos every single Tuesday and every single Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I decided I needed to have more of a schedule. I needed to have you all know when you would expect a new video because I think that's important as an audience member too. And because I made those deadlines for myself, I of course want to stick to them. (laughs) And even though it can be kind of stressful, I love it. And even though here I am 
adding something else to the plate and making my own podcast. I wanted to do this. This is something I was really passionate about. Same thing with YouTube, same thing with Instagram. It's something that I really enjoy. And for me, that outweighs any level of stress that it can cause. Sure, some days I wish I had somebody to help me out. I wish I had a manager. I wish I had an assistant. But at the end of the day, I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. That outweighs everything else. I think what I really liked about a nine to five was because I was an entry-level employee, when I left for the day, I was done. I didn't have to worry about going home to continually check my emails. When I got to the office, I was on. When I left work, I was off. I kind of loved that structure of it all. But at the same time, you're also dealing with so many different elements that are out of your control. As somebody who's on social media, you are your own personal CEO. You call the shots, you make the decisions, you make content that you want to make. In an office job, when you're working for a company, you do things for the company. So I think that social media can be a little bit more stressful just because your brand is essentially you. Like I am the brand, I guess, which is really terrifying. That's really scary to think about. And if I mess up, that's my name. You know, my name is on everything that I do. So if something goes wrong, Taylor Woods is responsible. But with a company, you have a whole team behind you. You're ready and equipped with so many resources and and things to help you get through. And working with a team can, of course, help alleviate a lot of stress because you're taking the burden and dividing it up between people. But with social media, I wouldn't have it any other way. I really wouldn't. And if posting two times a week causes a little bit of stress and if I don't really have weekends, I am honestly okay with that because I'm not going to get anywhere sitting on my bum. I'm just not. And if it's something that I really love, which I 100% do, then hell, I am so fine dealing with any little bit of stress that comes with that. Okay, I think that's enough questions for today's episode, but I absolutely love getting input from you all, answering your questions. Like anything that I've ever tried to do online with my YouTube channel, Instagram, etc., I always want it to be a back and forth conversation. I don't want this to just be about me. So please, if you have any questions about any of our future episodes, our future episodes, I say as I am, again, the only person here, please let me know. I will be posting the topics for each week's episode on my personal Instagram at Taylor Woods with two L's. I will also be sharing them on the Twisty Pod Twitter, which is at Twisty Pod. Or if you want, if you just want to be a little bit more anonymous or you just rather send an email, send me an email. Hello at twistypod.com. Thank you so much for listening to my first episode. I cannot stress enough how excited I am to get this podcast off the freaking ground. This is going to be so much fun. I really hope that you actually enjoyed this. If you're still listening at this point, God bless you. Seriously, don't forget to leave me a beautiful five-star review because you're beautiful. <laughs> Stay tuned until next week for another episode of Don't Get It Twisted, where we're going to get untwisty, baby. (laughs) Have a good day. I love you all, my friends. Bye.